Hello there, friends. I hope you're doing well on this Monday afternoon. And oh my gosh, we got a lot to talk about coming off UFC 251. Holy smokes. Can't wait for today's episode of DC and Hawani. Can't wait to talk about it all. But before we get to all of that, let me tell you about something else I'm very excited about. We here at ESPN are very excited about season eight of the 30 for 30 podcast. This one's called Heavy Metals Inside the Caroli Gymnastics Empire. It is a groundbreaking seven-part podcast series that takes listeners on a deep dive into the lives and influence of Bella Caroli and his wife, Marta Caroli, the most successful and controversial coaches in USA Gymnastics history. To listen to the trailer, subscribe now to the 30 for 30 feed on Apple Podcasts. The whole season, by the way, drops Tuesday, July 14th on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Now on to the show. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show. Back in your life. On this Monday, July 13th, 2020. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Helwani. And as always, we are presented by Modelo. Modelo Especial. Rude for those with a fighting spirit. He's DC. I'm Helwani. We got a lot to talk about. UFC 251 is in the books. DC, my man, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just hanging out, uh, getting ready to go train. Two things. Did you move off to the right a little bit there, or maybe your left because people were saying you looked like Coolio because you were sitting in front of the uh, the Muhammad Ali? Yeah, it looked a little, little bit. bit. It did look a little weird. I watched one of our videos and it looked like I had a ponytail. Yes. So Is that why you moved over a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I had to move to the side. I was like, "What? I got a ponytail? It looked like I had a ponytail." And number two, uh, couldn't help but notice that you are uh, clean shaven. You shaved yeah. the dome. You trimmed. Yeah. For the show, you just felt like it was better to clean up. No, 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 no. I did it on Friday because I did first take. Listen, our show, I can be a little scruffy, you know? Mm. When you go to first take and you're in with the big boys, Mm. you got to clean it up and look good, you know? So I shaved my head up. I got my beard done. So, yeah, try to look good for first take. First take more important to you than our show. more important. It's just at this moment right now, in order for us to – give the right idea of the type of people that you and I are mm-hmm. when we have that platform, which at this point is bigger than ours. We have to uh, show a good face. And that's all I okay. was trying to do. All right. Well, you look, <laughs> and, and will you not cut it till fight week? I think I'm done now. Yeah. Done. But I had a lot of grays, man. I was like, wow, I'm getting a lot of grays up in this thing. And I mean, I'm in the, I'm in that in between right now when it goes all gray. That's a good look. I think I'll be beautiful, like Silver Fox. I'll be a Silver Fox. But right now I'm in that black here, gray here, just little patches. I like it. I might just- Young Kevin Nash. The salt and pepper. But I want it all gray. I want the Silver Fox look. That's what I'm going for. All right. Well, you look good. You seem to be in good spirits. And like I said, uh, we have so much to talk about. UFC 251 is in the books. Kamar Usman defeats Jorge Masvidal via unanimous decision. Uh, Alex Volkanovsky retained his belt against Max Holloway. Piotr Jan annihilated Jose Aldo at the end. It got a little uncomfortable. Rose Namajunas defeated Jessica Drudge. Amanda Hibas defeated Paige Van Zandt. Yuri 
Pohaska is like the talk of the town. He's the craziest guy that we've seen in quite some time. We got a lot to talk about, but of course, let's start with the main event. Uh, Usman, Masvidal, it starts out quick. Masvidal swinging for the fences early on. You had to think that, you know, he wanted to get out early because of the weight cut and because of everything he's been through over the past, you know, week or so. And then towards the fight, it looked like he got tired. Usman did what he had to do. He used the wrestling. It was not effective early. It was effective later on. He outpowered him and he coasted towards the end on route to victory, but was criticized for his performance. Overall, I'm going to ask you a very broad question overall. What did you think of the fight? Did it live up to your expectations or did you feel let down afterwards? I f- well, again, it's a matter of what your expectations were, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're, if you thought for a second that something like the Askren fight would happen or then you were, you were, you were mistaken, right? That was never going to happen in that fight. That fight was going to be like that. It was going to be a matter of Jorge having to defend himself against Kamaru Usman's wrestling the entire time. And, and um, so, yeah, it, it kind of lived up to what I thought it would be. Did I find myself at times like going, oh, I wish more action? Uh, a little bit, but I understand that um, it, it is what it is. And sometimes you got to just win. Now, the reason I was wanting more action was not because I didn't think that Usman was winning the fight and doing it in the way that he was. I just felt like he was missing an opportunity because we talk about he doesn't get the credit that he deserves a lot. And Saturday night was one of those opportunities for him to really make a mark with a whole bunch of new eyes on him on Saturday. And I think because of the way the fight played out, it didn't resonate in the way that I was hoping it would for him. Do you think he played it safe? Um, Not necessarily played it safe, but I think he fought his fight, right? This isn't the first time. This this fight looked very similar to the Woodley fight. It really Mm. did. It looked very similar. It's what he does. He grinds guys out and he makes them work and, and work in, in ways that they're uncomfortable. His cardio is so good. He's so big and physical and strong. These guys can't really stay with him with that type of fight. And he did exactly what he needed to do. I, 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 that's what I expected, honestly. That's the fight I expected to see on Saturday night. And, and it's exactly what happened. I get why some fans, you know, might feel a little let down. You pay $65. Masvidal had a great 2019, but nothing pisses me off more. In 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 some respects, it reminds me a little bit of your fight against Anderson Silva, which yeah. we had the uh, four-year anniversary last week. It's like, guys, at the end of the day, it's all about the W, right? It's all yeah. about getting that that uh, that paycheck and living to fight another day on your winning streak. With the we belt. Be, with the belt. We would be sitting here right now. First question, how dumb was Kamaru Usman not to stand to and trade with Jorge Masvidal not to wrestle, right? If he did that, if he gave yep. the people what they want. So I don't think the criticism of Kamaru Usman is fair. I don't think that anyone should, you know, blast him for not sticking to his game plan. I will say this, though. Remember when I told you last week? Masvidal, underrated takedown defense. Yeah. He was doing well, right? So that was that surprised me a little bit. I, that, I thought that he would be able to take him down more and hold him down and control him better. He wasn't able to take him down as easily as I thought. Now, I was asked today on, on Lebetard's show, if Jorge had more time to prepare, would the fight look different? I don't believe it would look different. Why? Mm. Because Usman still would have clinched him up like that, right? If he couldn't take him down, he still would have had him in the clinch uh, for the vast majority of the fight. He's so big and physical. That's why last week when we talked about the 20 pounds, him losing 20 pounds, I was like, you know what? It may be a benefit to him because it'll make him bigger on fight night to deal with how physical Usman is. And uh, um, I don't know. It's just Again, it's just a tough style matchup for George or Jorge. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. or 
Jorge. It's, it's weird. It's like his close friends say George, but I think the rest of us yeah. say Jorge. Yeah, it's like so um, he, he it's a tough matchup for him. And look, the guy had a big year. The guy had an even bigger Saturday, right? Fought for the belt, made millions of dollars and got the cover of a video game. Those are things that don't happen for a guy that has had the type of career that Jorge Masvidal has had. So this, he's ultimately won, right? He won, and uh, he can hold his hang, head up high after uh, the fight on Saturday. But it was a dominant performance by the champion, and it was classic Kamaru Usman. And you and I were texting after round one, and I said, you said round one, Masvidal. And I was like, no chance. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was Usman because of the takedown and the, and the clinch control. And, a couple of, and the judges saw it that way, too. I thought it was clean. 50-45, Usman. Wow. Okay. See, I think the damage was more significant. Remember, a takedown uh, shouldn't score you any points if you're not inflicting any damage. It's just well, he was on top. Position. Well, he was on top for two minutes, right? Punching, moving mm -hmm. on. You know, he was on, if he, if he got a flash takedown like the rest of the takedowns, sure. But to hold to get ground control for two minutes to land some shots from the top, I I just thought that he had won that round. Okay, so you say, and and I don't disagree that ultimately, even if Masvidal had a full camp that it ends up being the same Usman getting his hand raised. But don't you think it would be a little more competitive? Because it was very clear. Masvidal got tired after that first round, right? Mm, yeah, but the not the first round. I thought he looked pretty good into the second round, at the beginning, starting the second round. I thought he started to look visually fatigued once Usman was able to start to hang on him for as mm. long as he was hanging on him. You could tell that he was well-trained in the takedown defense. He did a good job of getting the positions that didn't allow for Usman to finish his shots. But fatigue didn't start to set really in for me until late second, beginning of the third, when he was having to just carry his weight for extended periods of time. But, um, yeah, he got tired, and, and I just believe that uh, the same fight would happen, and it would be very difficult for him to get away from Usman and change those clinch positions. So I love nights like this past Saturday where, when it feels like everyone's watching MMA, right? You say, like, I see Damian Lillard tweeting about it. I see all these celebrities. You see other broadcasters who never, you know, even at ESPN who never talk MMA. Everyone's talking the eyes of the sports world and the world at large are on the sport that we love so much. That's really exciting. But sometimes an interesting byproduct of that is you get some weird takes about the sport, right? Because people just aren't used to it. And I'm not trying to be an elitist or anything like that. I love it. Like, it actually makes me happy when I see people into the sport. But, like, the foot stomps. Yeah. This one did nothing wrong with that. Like, that's a part no. of the game, right? That's that was fair. The, that was one of the first questions they, they asked me was, what about those stepping on the toes? And I was like, you know, foot stomps in the moment, they're, they're a bit annoying because they don't hurt. But the next day, they do hurt. It does hurt the next day. But, look, man, he was just trying to find ways to – uh, get offense off. Here's the issue, right? Now, here's the issue with the foot stumps. Everybody's so focused on the foot stumps that they're forgetting that the whole time Usman was just digging big right body shots to the body of, of Jorge Masvidal, which could have played a part in the fatigue. But you watch the whole time. He'd step on the foot. If he got some space, he would just dig a big right uppercut into the body. And he did it constantly. And I know those don't, those may not seem like they're very painful. But they, they're just an accumulation of damage over 25 minutes that really starts to wear on you. You know, Usman is such a good fighter. Obviously, those who watch the sport know he's dominant, but he's maybe not the flashiest, right? His, his yeah. style isn't the most fan-friendly. Do you feel like after a fight like that, with all the expectations, with all the buzz, 
do you feel like his stock is up or do you feel like he's just kind of where he's at and he really gained nothing from this experience? I can't imagine he gained nothing. That was the sad, that was the sad part for me, right? Because I'm his friend, right? And I'm watching Mm -hmm. him do his thing in the way that he always does. But I'm also like a little bit like, man, I wish he could do something that popped so that he would get some of that shine from being in the title fight with a guy that has so much hype and so much like, and because par for the course, it was par for the course. And a lot of times par for the course doesn't really do, it doesn't take you one way or the other, right? right. You just, it's even, it's even, it's exactly what par means. It's even. I wish he, I was just hoping that he could have got, because he, he had an opportunity on Saturday to truly break out of his bubble, you know, crash the ceiling, the glass ceiling that holds him in place right now. And I don't believe that um, that performance would have done that because he is who he is. And the people that watch him, the people that follow know that is Kamara Usman. But all these new people saw it as just like, oh man, this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. But man, it was a dominant performance, but sometimes you, it can't be par for the course. I was looking at our, uh, our views on our ESPN MMA YouTube channel. And even afterwards in defeat, Masvidal over a million for his post-fight interview. Usman, around 300,000. That's crazy, right? The guy who lost and in fairly one-sided fashion, still getting all the views, still getting all that. Yeah. Is it possible that on the flip side, Masvidal's stock went up in defeat, even if it was a 50 to 45, as you said, or is that crazy? I think people like Jorge Masvidal, right? And they try to find the positive in everything that he does. So even though he went and got beat in a pretty one-sided fight, um, people look for the positive in it. Well, he took the fight on six days notice and he went five rounds with the champ. You know, like I've heard that on a number of occasions already. So I can see it, you know, I, I can see it. You know, he has that, 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 that thing about him, that it, and people will always try to, um, they'll be drawn to that it more than um, they will to other guys sometimes. I mean, I've dealt with it. I've, I'm Usman, right? I dealt with it with me and Jones, you know, where um, it was the same thing, you know, but um, Usman is the champ and it's going to be very difficult to take that belt off of him. And, uh, but this was a fight he was supposed to win and he did exactly what he was supposed to do. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. Also, don't forget, uh, Usman was involved in one of the best fights of 2019. That's like crazy, too, Covington, because right? imagine if all these new fans would have watched him fight Kobe Covington. Yeah. Yeah. He, he would have exploded, right? It's a matter of timing, and it's like it just didn't, it didn't happen that way. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, here I am, you know, uh, showering Usman with praise. Uh, please clip this off to all you losers out there who continue to tell me that I'm not a fan <laughs> of Usman and all that stuff. I mean, you, I mean, how could you not? If you're if you're a person you that loves mixed martial arts, you yeah. have to respect and like Kamaru Usman. It's what he does. It's like he's the champion. You can't be, look, man, anytime Kamaru Usman has now won 12 fights in a row at welterweight. The person he's tied with is George St. Pierre. Yeah. I mean, anytime you're in the same breath as George St. Pierre, you are a truly phenomenal fighter and you're, you're, you're fantastic. So people need to put some respect on Kamar Usman's name. It, it just, you know, what drives me nuts. What do you want? What do you want? Do you want kickboxing? Go watch kickboxing. Do you want boxing? Go watch boxing. Do you want wrestlers who are great at what they do to not do what they're good at? Like, what do you, what do you really want at the end of the day? Because, because then I, they'll question him. Like right. you said, then they'll question him. That's what they'll do the next day. Oh, Kamar Usman's so stupid. He didn't wrestle, right? It's like people want to be able to, people want to be able to judge and everything, you know? They want to be able to uh, feel as though their opinion matters. 
What's right? Like there? they want to be the Something smartest. Happened? My kids just came running downstairs. Oh, okay. They just want to be the smartest person in the room. Oh, I should, I knew Kamaro should have wrestled. I know Kamaro should have stood with him a little bit. Like they just want to feel like they know. And, you know, they knew, they knew that, that, hi guys, they knew that that was the fight, right? So, yeah, of course. They knew that was what was, was going to happen. They were hoping to be surprised. And when they got exactly what was going to happen, they wanted to be disappointed. So they find ways to be disappointed. And here's the, the part that's not talked about a lot. You make a hell of a lot more money when you're the champ. And when you go back down and have to work your way back up, you don't make as much money, right? Very rarely, unless you're maybe, I don't know, Daniel Cormier or Conor McGregor, one of those <laughs> kind of guys, you make the same. Am, am, I being, am I being dishonest, right? So that's just the nature of the beast. Nature if of the you, game. The guy is going to hold on to that belt so he can keep making those paychecks. And as Dana White himself said, this isn't a career. It's an opportunity. So keep making those paychecks. And, yeah, absolutely. It's on you to figure out how to stop it. And how to stay the champion. Look, Jorge Masvidal said in all these contract negotiations, remember he was saying, I was asking for more money from the pay-per-view, right? Asking for a... Here's where the, the problem comes for... Everyone, right? So now I don't I don't know the specifics of the contract, but it would be very difficult for me to believe that now Jorge Masvidal made all this money in last weekend, right? He probably had a bigger his show money was more, his pay per view. It's hard for me to believe that now that he's not going to be fighting for a title, is the money's probably going to come down, and there will be no pay per view. So all those things, right? Like if he's not main eventing a pay per view card, which we know today. Most times, pay-per-views are main evented by title fights. How are you getting pay-per-view dollars? You know, so if there's no pay-per-view dollars now, even Masvidal is going to have to take a bit of a pay cut. So holding on to that title is so important. Mm. I, I told you guys weeks ago, I thought I would stay the champion for a long time. So I made my money so much grander as a champ opposed to if I was challenging. Mm. It's a big time difference. It's a massive difference. Yeah. Is it so in, in this particular case, like with Masvidal, um, I still feel like I still feel like he'd be worth those pay-per-view dollars, like a cut of the pay-per-view. He's such a big star and he's sold this so well. Well, the problem is like they don't they don't main event pay-per-views without title fights. Well, no, he did with Nate, unless you count the BMF title. That, they, as... that was, it was a title, right? Oh, they, made a, they made a BMF <laughs> title. So unless right. he's gonna start defending the BMF title over and over again, generally the UFC puts a title fight atop of a pay-per-view card. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, what about the ending? Because I think that actually helped Masvidal a lot. Hugged it out, handled it well, showed up to do media. Would you? What do you think of that? You didn't like it? I was like, what are they friends now? These guys yeah. hate each other. Like, I mean, bro, like, come on, man. You like, and Jones didn't do that, right? No, no. I think he did after he beat me the second time, but I don't know. I was knocked out. I didn't remember. How would I know what the hell happened afterwards? You know, I don't know. But no, we didn't. Like, no, we didn't. So you don't believe in that? Listen, man. I understand selling the fight. I understand bad, bad blood, but so weird how the moment the fight ends, everybody can be okay. Right. It's like so weird, right? Like me and Ben Askren talked about this. It was like such bad blood. Like you guys can't stand to be in the same space without Dana White shoving his hand in between you. But the yeah. moment the referee ends, it's like, yo, we're good now, right? We're going to run this thing back. Like, no. It's like not that that doesn't really make much sense to me. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. By the way, did you see me Ether Ben Askren on Twitter yesterday? That was no, I didn't. Weird. What happened? I didn't see that one. Oh, it was great. He said something like late last night, 
you know, and I was taking it on the chin a lot, but I kept my mouth shut. He said something like, uh, in a year, I'm going to overtake Ariel Hawani as the number one MMA media personality. And I said, you know, I said to him, like, something to the effect of if you're talking about, you know, overtaking me in the sense that you host the most amount of podcasts that no one listens to, then oh I think God. you actually have a chance of that. You know what I mean, Ben? Like, let's be honest. The guy hosts like nine podcasts. I have no idea where to find these podcasts or uh, who actually listens to them. So anyway, you brought up Ben. I thought it would be nice to wrestlers, revel in my... Wrestlers listen, wrestlers listen to him. Sure. A lot, a lot of, of people scored at a 10-7 for Hawani in that particular he exchange. Did, well, that seems pretty good. He, he does have a lot of podcasts. I like Ben Askren, though, man. I'm so tired of you messing with Ben Askren every week. No. It's, like, it's like... He's still living in the talk and talker era of DC's life. You know what I mean? You know don't what I hate, mean? Don't hate, don't hate. Talk and talker was a very good podcast. It was very, very good. And I love doing every second of it. You talk about the outhouse to the penthouse. You know, now you're just living Jeez, on the top Louise, of that Look mountain. at you. Yeah, I'm going to tell what? Nick. I'm going to tell, tell my partner, Nick. I'm be like, Swinmer, this dude's yeah. acting like we didn't have gold. We had gold. Do you remember on the, Talk and Talker, we did the, the hot wing great. challenge? The hot wing challenge was the best thing ever, bro. We had these hot wings, and my nephew and a couple other guys ate it. And Dennis, the guy that that, that did the, he was uh, Jake. He kind of produced the show for us. Dude went to the hospital, man. He was in the hospital because it tore up his stomach. The stuff was so hot. He you didn't did this even on, finish on camera, or you did it? Yeah, on, we did it on camera. We really? did it on camera, bro. Yeah, it's. I'll I'll send you a clip of it. It was the most amazing thing. Proving was, my point, no one saw this. It was the most amazing thing ever, bro. It was it was crazy because if if they were able to eat the wings, we bought them PlayStations. Oh, that was the gig. <laughs> and did anyone win? Yeah, they all ate it. It was just unfortunate that they all ate it because they all got sick. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. I'd love to see that. Um. All right. Well, uh, Usman wins, and now the big question is who's next? Oh my goodness. Listen, this <laughs> this is the best thing ever. You're so stupid. Like, Why? I've never seen you write anything more stupid. What? You're like, only thing fair is yeah. to have Burns fight Leon Edwards now. The yes. one that gets Usman. Like, yes. Are you freaking kidding me? Why? Like, because both of these guys were offered title fights. You're so? gonna off, you're gonna take both of the guys that were offered title fights and make them fight each other. That's yeah. dumb. Why? Gilbert Burns fights for the belt next. He had the title fight. You're telling me because he got COVID that all of a sudden he loses his spot in line? It's oh, nice. you're telling me that because of a pandemic, Leon Edwards loses his spot in the line? Bro. Don't forget, my friend, Leon yeah. was supposed to fight Tyron Woodley first. Yeah. He got screwed. Yeah, and if Leon Edwards would have fought Tyron Woodley and looked as good as Gilbert Burns did, I'd have no problem with it. So why but does he Gilbert get Burns screwed? Got the fight. Gilbert Burns got the fight, and it's been a while since Leon fought. Um, Leon should fight somebody else. I think Leon should fight Jorge Masvidal. I think that's a big fight. Usman versus uh, Burns. Masvidal versus Leon Edwards. Put an end to the whole two-piece of the biscuit thing. While you get the title fights, the title still moving. And then Leon Edwards, if he wins, uh, puts himself right back in the title fight. No, totally wrong. That's exactly what works. First of all, the disrespect that Mr. Leon Edwards has had to endure over the past year is disgusting. It's really disgusting. Just because he doesn't, you know, puff his chest out, just because he doesn't have a manager writing his tweets, just because he doesn't go out there and endear himself to all the media doesn't mean that this guy shouldn't be fighting for a title. Number one, this man has won eight in a row. Eight in a row. He's won eight in a row. Yes, eight in a row, right? He was supposed to fight Tyron Woodley on March 21st. He had that opportunity taken away from him. And by the way, when Masvidal couldn't come to terms with the UFC on July 11th. They went to Edwards first. 
Yeah. He had to turn it down because he was, he didn't have a training situation and it was on three weeks notice. God forbid Leon Edwards wants more than three weeks to train for his fight. I mean, title fight lord knows if he's ever going to get another chance to fight for the title i respect the fact that he said give me a little more time so what about this usman just fought he wants to spend time with his daughter he has earned that opportunity right it's been a very hectic few months for him let him chill out till the end of the year in the meantime they're going to go back to abu dhabi in september what's wrong with burns versus edwards on one of those cards as a number one contender fight burns has won four in a row at welterweight six in a row overall four is not equal to eight. You understand what I'm saying? Four not equal to eight. eight bro, Why does Gilbert Burns deserve a shot over Leon Edwards? I don't get it. Why? Because he because he because he got a, a title shot first. Well, okay. Tell that no, to Carl Parisian, no, no. who was supposed to fight Matt Hughes 15 oh, years God. ago. Oh, Come on, not yeah. cool. It's not fair to Leon Edwards. I don't get it. I feel like I'm living in some kind of bizarro world here with all you people. Oh my goodness. Oh. Why? Okay. Every time, like every time, I have it's right here. See, it's right here. The headache. Like, it's the headache you give me when you start to do this. It's like right in this area, this third do quadrant. Speak the truth. Well, you're talking like, no, you're talking like everybody's trying to screw Leon Edwards. That is yeah. not the case, bro. That is not the case. But in those four fights, right? In those four fights that Gilbert Burns has won, he has beaten the number one contender and former champion and right before knocked out a guy that had fought for the championship and was in the top five. Like the wins are the reason that I say Gilbert Burns should earn a title fight. And also you're a guy that loves the story. I love the story of the Burns Usman deal, the teammates gone bad, old guys so motivated to become champions. I just believe that Gilbert Burns has earned a title fight and him testing positive for it. The coronavirus should not take him out of his earned title opportunity. Okay, so let's go through the resume. Alexei Kunchenko, Gunnar Nelson, Damian Mayotar. Alexei Kunchenko at the time, undefeated Russian. Dude took the fight on two weeks' notice. Everybody, listen, this is so crazy, Those right? Those are the four. Now, can I read you the eight from Mr. Edwards? Let me talk to you about Gilbert Burns, though. Dude, we all talk about... Oh man, he uh last week we watched Jorge Masvidal go into a title fight on six six days notice, or it was a little bit before that because I told you when Kamar Usman told me that the fight was probably happening. It was like more like set eight days, which doesn't really matter much. Yeah, yeah. But against Konchenko, Burns went into that fight with about ten to fourteen days notice. Gunnar Nelson, who was supposed to be the guy, he went into a five round main event, or he went into a that fight on short notice. He went into the Maya fight on a short notice. Like these short, that's what made Gilbert Burns uh, who he is now. That's why everything's been so First impressive. Well, the Gunner Nelson fight wasn't a main event. And I don't think the Maya it was fight a was short, short notice, notice fight, though. He took it on short notice. All these fights, every, everything, I, it's all okay, these, let me just say this. all these things building to that. Gilbert or someone wrote yesterday that I don't like him. I have nothing. I actually really like Gilbert. Gilbert, tell people that I DM'd you after you fell out of the fight. Last week, and I said, I'm really sorry to hear that this happened to you. I hope you make a speedy recovery. I have nothing against him. Why do you I'm, dislike Gilbert Burns? I don't. I, I think he's great. In fact, when we did our ESPN MMA mid-year awards, I voted for him, not Gaethje, because they both got it, but I voted for him solely as the midpoint fighter of 2020. He's this a man, nice guy. Gilbert Burns I have is nothing nice against him. Look, I have nothing see, against the guy. Listen, I'm just saying, Gilbert Burns is nice as they come. 
He's always I have smiling. nothing against him. Very happy. He's a fantastic fighter. He loves his family. Like all the things that I would think that you would like in a fighter and a person <laughs> is Gilbert Burns. Stop it. I have I nothing think- against him, but I am tired of seeing Leon Edwards get passed over. He beat Rafael dos Anjos, Gunnar Nelson as well, Donald Cerrone, right? Remember that big win over Donald Cerrone? Everyone forgot about that one. Peter Sabata, Brian Barberina, Vicente Luque. Remember everyone was on the Vicente yeah, yeah. Luque bandwagon? He was on Vicente. No. Come on. Leon Edwards is an absolute killer. He's the and man. And a former teammate of you. How no. of yours. How no, dare I'm you? I'm not trying. No, listen, I would love to see Rocky get his title fight. I just think that he's behind this guy. I think he's behind this guy. I just, so what, I'm just so, trying so, to speak truth. So, so you're saying Gilbert wait till December or something? Because Usman's think, not coming back. Unfortunately, Rocky's going to have to fight again. Oh, I would that's love for him to I fight say, tomorrow. That's why I say that's why I say do with Masvidal. That's why I say do with Masvidal. Because look, because look, could I say something? Can I say something that Usman's probably not gonna like too much? But if you're Masvidal, you go fight Rocky when Usman fights Gilbert Burns. Because if Usman fought Saturday, Gilbert Burns, I don't think he would have won. I really don't think he would have beat Gilbert Burns with the performance that he had last weekend. I think Gilbert Burns is too good. And he provides too many problems in on that night. Now, if he fought Gilbert Burns like he did against Covington, where he was mixing it up and doing, he might've won that fight. But I'm saying like the fight that he fought Saturday wasn't gonna beat, or at least I don't feel would have beaten Gilbert Burns. Now, if you take, anything from that and you're the team of George Masvidal, you put him in there with Leon with the built-in rivalry already with the hope that Gilbert Burns does win against Usman. And then you're right back in the title fight. You're right back there. But then you get to put Rocky to bed or if Rocky wins, now you got Burns versus Edwards uh, for the title. That works, Ariel. That's how it works. Usman takes time off. Burns Edwards, Masvidal Diaz too. Now's the best time. No, like, no, I make, know what you're doing. I know what want, you're doing here. What? I know what you're doing here. What? It's the thing though. It's Kobe like Woodley. It's it's he, easy. It's so the easiest why, so, thing so, in the world. so wait, so wait. Why not? So he, here's the thing, right? Yeah. It's right there. It's just like it's right there. It's actually right there every time. It's on the other side now. No. Usman said this on Saturday too. And I give him props to that. He goes, Jorge had a great run. And he picked some great matchups. He said that. Get out of here. You stick him back in there with Diaz. It's another favorable matchup. And then what do you if mean he, he picked beats, great matchup, he fought an undefeated Ben Askren. He fought Darren Till when no beats, one wanted to fight Darren Till. If he beats Nate again, then what though? Nate should fight somebody else. I want Nate to fight somebody else. Nate doesn't need to fight Masvidal again. I say you do. I say, oh, how about Covington versus Masvidal? That'd be a good one. No, Covington Woodley. They're already in talks to make that one happen. And really? Don't you want to see that one finally come to fruition? I don't know, man. I don't know. What? Like that's like that I, was the original feud. Yeah, but T Wood had, doesn't seem as interested. I think T Wood needs to take a little bit of a reset right now. I'd like to see him take a reset just because I thought last fight he showed more like in there with Gilbert Burns. But I'd like to see him take a little bit of a reset or maybe take a little step back with the fight. You know, somebody else. No, I don't know about that. They're talking about it for mid-August, by the way. Not oh, much of a reset. Great. 
That would be, well, you just said you wanted him to take a reset. I don't reset. want to take a reset anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad we agree. Leon Edwards versus Gilbert Burns in September. No, we absolutely great. disagree. I mean, it's unbelievable. You of all people to spit in the face of your former teammate, no, Rocky Edwards, like, hey, the dude, nicest guy who's been through dude, so much in the streets of Birmingham. I love, hey, I no love, one sticks I, up I, for Leon hey, Edwards, and it I love makes Rocky. me sick. I love Rocky, and I do believe Rocky has put himself in a great position, but nobody's beating him. I'm telling you right now, like, if he fights again, whoever he fights is not going to beat Leon Edwards. He's going yeah. to get his that title shot. doesn't do anything shot. for his bank account, all right? No one's beating him. Give him a title shot now, or at least let him fight for a title shot. Let him fight Gilbert Burns and figure it out, all right? Whoever he fights next will be for a title shot. It's just so rich that Leon was supposed to fight Tyron Woodley, had the opportunity taken away from him. And then Gilbert, because he lives in America, gets to fight Woodley. And all of a sudden, we're pinning the title shot situation on that win when the guy had it first. The guy was there first. He was seven days away. It is a crazy time that we live in right now. You know that. It's rich. We've talked about this countless times. All right. Um, Before the record, Rocky, I love you, my brother. You yeah, know, right. you know and, I and Gilbert, that. I love you too. All right. So how about that? By the way, can I, can I just say something? When you talk about like who deserves what and what, doesn't mean we hate these people. Okay. No, Everyone not needs at to all. Like chill out. Not at all. Jeez, this it's is just trying fun. to it's trying to bring some 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 ideas to a weird title landscape that is 170 pounds. I actually think it's pretty clear cut. It's not that clear cut. It's weird because there are so many guys that are deserving. Right. Yeah, Edwards. Anyway, uh, before we move on, because we have a lot more to talk about, we don't have, uh, I mean, we could talk one hour on that whole main event situation. Let me tell you, DC, about our good friends over at Modelo. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Who are you texting with right now in the middle of the live show? What, what could possibly be more important than my Modelo read? Because I think you're going to move over to the Max Holloway thing, and I was trying to talk to Max Holloway before we get going. Oh, you're getting the scoop from Max? I'm just trying to figure out how he's feeling, you know? What do you say? Yeah, I just sent the text right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you could have done that before the show, but I respect it nonetheless. Who do you think won, Volkanovski or Holloway? Okay, so I think Max Holloway won the fight. I do. Um, I watched the first two rounds and I thought, wow, he's got it. You know, he's fighting beautifully. After the third round, I'm watching with my cousin, Tiago Duran, and uh, Ian, and we're all Max Holloway guys, right? And I'm watching the third round, and I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. And uh, I was like, it's so close. And I knew that if the fight continued to go in the direction that it was going, because Volkanovski seemed to be building a little bit, I was like, man, that third round scares me, especially once we got to the fourth and fifth. They all thought Max won the third and the fifth. My The guys in the house, I, I didn't agree with that. I thought... 
he lost the. I thought Max lost the fourth and fifth round pretty clearly, but you know, it all came down to the third. But I did think he had done enough to win the third round and 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 uh, get the belt back. But hats off to Volkanovski, man, for adjusting. He was getting pieced up early in that fight, and he made some phenomenal adjustments to uh, defend his title. First two rounds, Max looked phenomenal, right? I mean, mm -hmm. he just looked on point. It looked like he had figured everything out, that he was back and, and all that stuff. Um, just for the record, all three judges scored the first four rounds the exact same. One, two to Max, three, four to Volkanovski. Two judges had it round five for Volkanovski. One had it round five for Max. Oh, Hall. I thought it came down to round three. It, it was round, round they, five. It, so it switched on both. See, yeah. I thought... So wait, so wait. They everybody scored three, four for Volkanovski, and one person scored five for Max. Correct. I didn't know that. I thought the fifth round, I thought the fifth round was more clear in the Volkanovski direction than the third round. See, was. I disagree. I thought one, two clear for Max, three, four for Volkanovski, though three was really close, and then five for Max. I thought Max won really? one, two, five. Yeah. Well, because you know, when you and I talked right after the fight before the decision was read, I was like, did he lose? Because I was so confused. I was hoping Max had won. I was like, I, I think he might have lost. And you said, you think he lost? And I was like, I, th I thought it was pretty clear that he won. I thought he won the fight. But but DC, everyone's killing me because I said, this is not a robbery. I don't know why we're so hung up on this word. What this is, is a really close competitive fight. If it comes down to one round, right? If it comes down to one round, that's not a robbery. A robbery is when it was like, 3-0 for a guy and they give it to the other guy or if it's 4-1 and they give it to the other person a like and at the end of the day i am saying max holloway won the fight i, I think we all agree I, I don't know many people who picked it for volkanovsky all i'm saying is when it's close and you're using the 10 point must system which is always very subjective and sometimes doesn't get it right just as dominic reyes right a couple of months ago uh, against john jones you're going to have situations like this and you're going to continue to have situations like this I just think that when it's so close, it's not a quote-unquote robbery. And if you don't like the use of that term, fine. I just couldn't believe... DC, I don't know if I've ever got more hate ever than me saying that that wasn't a robbery. I have Max gotten some loved, nasty stuff. Because Max yeah. is the nicest and I love him too. guy in the world. I love Max. Like, It was hard to see that decision go in the wrong direction, if you ask me. Um, it was so close, though. It was such a close fight. I don't know how Volkanovski adjusted on the fly like that. It seemed as though he went in there. I remember saying after the second round, I was like, this dude went in there with the same exact game plan to try to kick the legs, and Holloway wasn't having it this time. But then midway, he just kind of changed. It changed, right? It changed. And even think about this. Um, the fact that you and I thought the scoring, right, was so different, right? I thought five was for the guy, mm -hmm. and I thought three was the one that was the issue. You th for the judges, five was the issue, right? So it's like when people are thinking, and I'm trying, and like that's the thing because I'm such a Max Holloway guy. I'm trying to be as objective as I can with the score. So I'm almost, I'm almost judging on the side of the other guy with the hope that Max does enough to make it clear because I, I want him to win so badly. So um, when, it, when it was so close, it did make me worried, especially with the way that the judging and the officiating kind of was on Saturday night back in Abu Dhabi. And then the tough part for Max is it's not like that was the first fight and you say, oh, just run it back. You can't really run it back now, right? Are they really going to go a third time? It's so crazy. These guys have fought for 50 minutes, you know, 10 rounds, 
and I still feel like they're like an inch apart. You know what I mean? It's so close. It's so close because Alexander has just been, you know, lucky enough to do just enough to get past him. Everybody talked like the first fight was so, so much of a blowout, but it wasn't, it really wasn't because it was 48, 47, I think across the board. And it was because in round one, when nobody essentially did anything, um, the judges scored it for Volkanovsky two and three Volkanovsky one Holloway one, four and five. It all came down to a round again in the first fight. So these guys are as evenly matched as anyone in the world. Any two guys fighting for a championship are going to be. Just sucks because I don't know what now for Maxi. You see, the, here's the thing. Max's stock, we talked about this in the main event. Max's stock goes so much higher right now than Volkanovsky. A, because everyone feels for him, right? He's the king without a crown, uncrowned champ, handled it like a pro. I mean, an that hour later... Does. He goes on Twitter and he's doing an auction for unemployment in Hawaii. Like the guy's the just man, bro. The, the, you've the never met nobody. Man. You've you've honestly never met nobody like Max Holloway. I, I don't. I've known. I've met a lot of people in my life, and I've never met anybody like this kid. Yeah, it's, he's the most genuinely nice person that you ever meet. So I don't think he's in that tough a spot. I still feel like he's a draw. If anything, I feel for Volkanovski now because like I feel like no one wants him to be champion. Everyone's hating on the guy. They feel like he did something wrong. Like he just fought his fought a fight and, and the judges gave it to him, but everyone hates him because they they gave it to him. He's in a yeah, tough spot, in my he's opinion. He's in a bit of a tough spot. For Holloway, though, it's like he can still beat just about everybody else. And he'll go and he'll smash a couple dudes and they'll have to find ways to deal with him in the title fight, you know? It's just crazy because just last year, Max was fighting for the interim championship and a chance to become a two-division champion. Yeah. Now, it's so crazy how fast things change um, in mixed martial arts. He'll get another chance. I mean, there's a lot of talk of, okay, there's there's Korean Zombie and maybe Brian Ortega next, Zabit against Yair. One of those guys will emerge. And by the way, three of those four guys haven't fought Max yet. So if one of those yeah. guys beats Volkanovski, he's still a player. I don't think he should move up to 155, though. No, Do you no. agree? No, stay 145. That's his weight division. And when you guys got like when you got guys like Zabit and the Korean zombie uh waiting in the wings, you know, no champion should feel very secure. Right. Because those guys are so good. So you gotta know and hope that there's gonna be some changeover uh in that division. So just kind of stay the course. Do you have any interest in Henry Cejudo versus Volkanovsky? Um not really. That's not one that interests me too much. I don't, I don't see what that would do uh, for Alex. I know what it could do for Henry, but uh, it's not one that I'm all that much. I'm not too interested in, honestly. I think there's no chance the UFC entertains this. It's, it's like the GSP situation. They don't want to invest in a guy who's just looking to co collect belts, right? They don't want to invest in a guy and, and give him a title shot and he wins the belt and then he walks away. Like Henry at this point is kind of a mini GSP in the sense that like he wants to make history and do this stuff. And that, that's cool. You, you can want to do that. But why put him in a title fight if he's going to win the belt and then walk away? Right. So I, I can't I really don't sit there. That. I can't really sit there and, and talk about these. No, yours is different. You've <laughs> put in the time. I mean, you and, and you're very clear about, hey, this is what I want. Like Henry's not coming out and saying that. And, and what pissed off the UFC regarding GSP is that he didn't come out and say that. Remember, with GSP Bisping, they put something in his contract that said they wanted him to fight Whitaker next. He got mm -hmm. sick, so it was a little different in the end. But the point is, it's the same reason they don't want to do GSP Khabib. 
right? Because they don't want GSP to beat Habib and then he walks away. Now you can't make money off the guy who just beat Habib. You know what yeah, I mean? So sure. it, you don't want to leave the division. But in your case, you told them up front your situation yeah, and they're still, they're still, what about that poster, by the way? That poster. That's nice, crazy. huh? You like that, that poster? I love that. That's really good. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they've been hit or miss with the posters. This one I thought was a home run. It was really, really good. We Did you know that was coming out? No, I didn't. I mean, obviously I knew that there would be some sort of preview because it's the next pay-per-view. Yeah. But um, th that was really good, Ariel. That one, I'm very happy about that one. Is it weird that you're on deck now? Uh, no, not really. It, it's, it's the way it works, right? After you like watch- you're watching fights. the countdown thing is now you on the yeah. pay-per-view, right? Yeah, well, certain parts of time, you know, you, you watch the pay-per-views as a fan and you, it'll be UFC 240. What, what is it now right now? 240? 251, 250. You're two. That was Amanda, right? Amanda was two fifty. Yeah. So I'm over there calling the fights, right? And I know that I'm going to see all the previews for the next one, but I know in time it'll be me on those previews. So it's just the way it goes, you know. Just you get the, the butterflies or anything. No, not yet. Only right mm -hmm. before the fight. Like literally the day of. Yeah, this is the only time. Not the Monday before. No. Not everything's normal Monday. Things start to change around Wednesday, Thursday. All those jokes that were okay on Monday start to become like <laughs> annoying. And then you go from me laughing with you to me just flipping out all the time. Oh, wow. Like you get That's, mean? I get very mean. Really? I, yeah, it's bad. It's very bad. Do you ever get mean and then you feel bad right away? No. No. I don't really feel bad about being mean most times. Wow. Okay. I can, because I, if I'm being mean for something, then there's a reason. Oh, <laughs> That's weird because I feel bad about everything. Yeah, that's kind of your personality, though. Yeah, I'm just you're not an that. alpha male, right? That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Rampage. Um, okay, so <laughs> tough times for Max, but he handled it like a pro again. I don't feel like his stock dropped at all. Even this, what, this tweet this morning, did you see yeah, Max? The tweet this the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that yeah. is an amazing tweet. Like, that is yeah. an amazing tweet protecting media because they feel like they're getting attacked for saying that he won. Or wait, maybe he was talking about you. Was he talking about you? <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. No, 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 no. Wait no. a second. He was talking about you. Listen. Wait. I love Max. You said, hold on. Let me read this. Oh, here let me go. read this tweet. Because you said you've never gotten more hate. That and is accurate. Holloway tweeted this morning. Yeah. I just landed in Vegas for another quarantine and was told some guys in the media are receiving threats for saying my fight was not a robbery. This is not okay. I appreciate everyone who wants to ride for me, but that ain't it. Life isn't fair. It's even more unfair for many, many other people in the world today than it will ever be for me. People are unemployed right now with no end in sight, and it's not their fault. Listen, it is what it is. Nothing changed for me as a fighter. We proved our point. I still have my five belts at home. I'm 28. I'm healthy. The blessed era continues. So bless yourself. He was talking about you. Did you go to Max on the fans? Did you go no. to Max on, did no. you talk to Max on the fans? No, I haven't talked to Max. I mean, maybe he looked at my Instagram. I don't know where that came from. It might not even be me. I, I have not talked to Max at all. Chris I promise. like he's talking about you. Listen, he might have seen the comments. People saying nasty, nasty things about me. That's so Just crazy because I said it wasn't a rub. I scored it for him. What are we arguing about? You know what this reminds me of? When we say things like, first of all, you think I really rant to Max about something? You think I would bother him about something like this? What kind of, you think I would do that? Really? 
You think I'm that soft? Listen, this is like what people <laughs> wait, wait, argue about. Wait, I never said you were soft. You made a face. You made a face, all right? Enough of this. This is slander, okay? I don't come here to do this show and have my integrity question. Listen, you think, I, well, you, you think I think right? you're soft? Did you see me do those those curls a couple of days ago? Oh, do, yeah. You saw that, right? Hey, yo, do you think you, so do you think I believe you're soft? Yes. Today, you've, <laughs> you've, you've proven this point. Why? You have no idea the fire that burns in this Middle Eastern body, okay? You have no idea what goes on if you cross me, okay? There's there's a few people out there that have felt the wrath. You do not want to feel the wrath. You okay, hear I'm me? sorry. No, I'm sorry. Hey, please take a kiss. Listen, hey, I will bury you where you me stand, out, okay? Hey, stall me out. Stall me out, please. Stall yeah. me out, please. You think because you wear a singlet you're tough? You're not tough. All right? I come from the mean streets of Montreal, okay? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Listen, back to, uh, I don't even know what we were talking about. Oh, yeah. You know what drives me nuts when people are like, oh, there's no way that was a unanimous decision. That's got to be a split decision. What? That makes no sense. What does that even mean? It makes no sense. And you guys arguing about robbery makes no sense. Anyway, Piotr Jan, let's talk about something that also made no sense. The stoppage in that fight. What was that all about? Like Leon Roberts, I get it. I get what he was trying to do. He was trying to give Jose Aldo respect, right? He was trying to let him fight fight on and and it's probably his last crack at a belt but that was weird right like that was uncomfortable don't you think so i thought the fight was very close going into the fifth round but you could tell that it was trending down for aldo he was so tired right um he's making the weight now but i think you give something up by cutting that extra 10 pounds when you were so successful at 145 what was mostly uncomfortable for me was this his body language said that he was done and I cannot believe the ref didn't read that because when he got dropped that last time, he got dropped with a shot that was obviously hard, but it wasn't anything he hadn't felt over the course of the fight. And then he kind of like almost was in a bit of a, uh, I don't know how to say it because I don't want to say it was almost like a, a the position of it's over. Like I've given turtled it, up. He was turtled up almost like, it was, it was like not a defensive position. It was very just defensive. He wasn't going to do anything but wait for the referee to stop the fight. Um, went on wait. It went on too long. Only because as a referee, you're supposed to read the, the fighter's body language. And his body language was telling him that he was done. And um, the ref didn't, didn't read it the correct way. And I feel like we could really hear those punches, right? Because no one was there and the camera was right in their in their spot over there. I was like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. Like there's no need for this to go on. Yeah, um, especially for a guy that has you respect so greatly in Jose Aldo. You know, yeah. it's rough. It's rough. Jan is so good though. I think Jan could be champion for a very long time. Like I, I think, how about this? I think Jan... So it has to be Aljamain Sterling, right? Next, yeah, I don't know why to. there's any question. I don't know why they're not why they're not committing to the Aljo fight. It is Aljo. It has to be. It has to be. There's no one else. 
unless they bring back Cejudo. But I think I think Cejudo will be back at some point. No one has had a worse retirement than Henry Cejudo. <laughs> be like the guy just won't go away. Henry, can we miss you for a second, please? Just leave us all alone. You're great. You're fun. But stop it already. Now this he just tweets every fight. single fight. Oh He's my god, every fight. Henry tweets every single fight, calling everyone out. It's like what I, I thought you retired. What's going on here? But anyway, I think it should be Jan Aljo. Winner will fight Henry next year. Henry's coming back at this point. We all know that. I think Jan versus Aldo is the fight to make. Sorry, Jan Aljo. Aljo. Aljo, sorry. Yeah. Piotr Jan versus Aljo. I just was watching Piotr Jan, and I mean, he's just so, so strategic and calculated in there, man. He was just like everything. He was just kind of, you could see him processing things and just putting everything together to, to just strategically break Jose down. And he broke him down. By the end of the fourth round, you knew it was over. Right. Mm -hmm. It was over after the fourth yeah. round. Like he had done what he went in there to do early. He struggled. You know, Aldo was Aldo, but he broke him down, man, methodically. And then by the end, by the fifth round, it was just a matter of time. So big win for, for Piotr Jan. Um, and uh, massive, massive to really hammer home the point when People said, wow, the day Henry retires, Dana's talking about somebody being worthy of fighting for the belt. That hammered home that point, him going out there and doing what he did. And honestly, Aldo did exactly what he was. Aldo being in that fight, we talked about this, right? When we were asking who should be for the, I said, put the biggest name because if Jan beats the biggest name, it elevates him. And that's exactly what happened Saturday night. Because Aldo fight, fought good. He fought a good fight. But then he got finished by the guy who is now the champ. And you don't question it because of who he beat. Shout out to your longtime friend, Danny Rubenstein, yeah. for getting his first UFC champion yep. in uh, Piotr Jan, a big moment. Danny, but him. Danny talked about his Russian guy. He's got a guy that works for his company. A Russian. Yeah. You know, he wants to make sure that people recognize all the work that he's doing over there, uh, the relationships that he's built. But those guys have done a phenomenal job in uh, good for them, you know, good for them and 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 good for Piotr Jan. He's a really nice guy, too. I have a confession to make, DC. When Rose Namajunas is on, I don't know if there's a fighter that I enjoy watching more. Like when she's <laughs> on, she is, so, her striking is so great, right? I mean, her she footwork. is just, a, yeah, the footwork is beautiful to watch. It yeah, really she, is. She was great in those first two rounds against Jessica Andrade. She looked phenomenal. She looked phenomenal early. Um she did a, a fantastic job with her footwork, her movement, really controlling the distance and the space. Um, it was a great fight. Best fight of the night. You know, on a night full of title fights, that was the best fight of the night. Hats off to Rose. Hats off to Jessica. Jessica for finally finding her range and starting to get damage off herself. Uh, this was a really good fight. You think she could beat Zhang? Man, I don't know. I don't know who's beating Wei Li, man. She's, Wei Li's just a different level. You know, she's 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 the top of the mountain. And uh, she showed that in the fight with Joanna. And any it's tough for anyone because she's so big and so powerful. But um, I think Rose would would match up well with her. But I, I'm not confident to pick anybody over Wei Li right now. Do you go Rose Zhang next or do you run it back with Joanna? Because obviously Rose just fought. Her eye was all messed up. You know, it's been a while since they've now been out like four months since their last fight, Joanna and Zhang. And that was a brutal fight as well. But do you keep Zhang on the sidelines or do you try to uh, 
you try to do the Uanify right away? I'm trying to do Rose versus Wei Li. I'm okay. or Wei Li versus Rose. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the fight. I think that that's the fight that'll capture the people's imagination too. It's it's a big one. I, I go I go Rose. I go Wei Li versus Rose for the title. That would be a phenomenal fight. Yeah, what a great performance. Very happy for her. Obviously, she's been through a lot over the past you know few months, and uh, she looked great. And I, I think uh, Rose being an active competitor in the 115 pound division is huge for that division. Uh, Amanda Hebas is a star on the rise as well. She's got an infectious personality. She's a lot of fun, and she just. I mean, she just steamrolled Paige Van Zandt. It wasn't even close. Uh, really nice submission win for her, armbar win. Do you think that's the end of PVZ now that it's it's happened and Dana's comments after saying she should test free agency? I feel like that was a nice way of saying uh, we're probably not going to offer a big deal. Do you think that's the end of the PVZ era in the UFC? You know, I believe that Paige Van Zandt should consider staying in the UFC just because of the platform, the mm. platform being a UFC fighter does help with a lot of those opportunities that she has outside of, uh, MMA, you know, um, you know, all the way back to dancing with the stars that doesn't happen if she fights for Bellator, unfortunately. Right. So I think you, uh, I think you stay for the, the fact that a lot of your opportunities have been tied to being a UFC fighter and she can beat some people. Paige can still beat some people, but, Amanda Hebos is just different level and she really just tore through her. She made her look bad. That was probably worst case scenario for Paige Van Zandt yes. uh, in her final fight on her contract. You know, we, we always talk about people fighting out their contracts and seeing what their value truly is. And when something like that happens, it really does uh, throw a wrench in what you're trying to accomplish. I think she's done. I think she goes to Bellator and fights with her husband, Austin Vanderford. Do you think though that, I mean, honestly, do you think that her winning early was also a big part of all of her success? Like she sure, was winning sure, sure. early. No, but no. She, you don't think that 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 might like hinder her a, a little bit, right? Just a little bit. I think at this point she just wants to get paid, and and I don't blame her. You know, it's a tough. But sport. what do you think they pay her though? Like, do you think they? Well, pay she said forty six and. Oh, what do they pay her now, or what will they pay Bellator her? Bellator pays her much more than what the UFC's paying her now. Yeah, I think they'll overpay for her. Remember, Beltor doesn't have a lot of stars. Beltor's lost a lot of momentum over the past few months. They need uh, you know, a shot in the arm. They need some recognizable names. They need some established stars. And by the way, you know, the 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 face in many respects of Beltor, one of their biggest stars, especially a homegrown star, is their 125 champion, Alima Lim McFarlane. Yes, she's I, I phenomenal. Want, she's good, Alima but like phenomenal. You know what? I Maybe Paige should fight her. Exactly. And that's a pretty solid title fight for them. You know what I mean? That's um, a massive fight. You put that fight in Hawaii, it'd be right. crazy. It'd be crazy. Exactly. But I just, I mean, what, what, I mean, if Paige was making 46 and 46, what is that? 82, $92,000? Yeah. Is Bellator going to pay her over a hundred grand a fight? You know, they might give her guaranteed money. Mm hmm. Because you have to understand, like, and you know this, Beltor has to overpay, right? For people because they want, you know, they've done this with Rory and they did this. They have to overpay. I, I just think that maybe she's come to the end of the road with UFC. And I don't like the fact, like, I don't think Paige was rude about anything. I don't think she was disrespectful. Um, I don't think it should be taken that way. She's just talking about, you know, wanting to get more. Wanting to make more money. No, it's fine. Hey, it's just sad though, right? Because there's two sides to every coin. For every Jorge Masvidal who it kind of works for, there's a, a Paige Van Zant where you lose the last fight and then now you're kind of just stuck in limbo a little bit. 
but I have faith that she's going to be okay. You know, she's got an infectious personality. She knows how to fight too. That just was Amanda Hebos was a very big ask in her first fight in so long. What about Yuri Pohaska? That's the this guy guy's... that knocked out Vulcan. Yeah, he was crazy. You see what he was doing the whole time? That was the weird. He's so out of his mind. He's so what out was of his that? Mind, right? <laughs> he's so out of his mind. He's usually weird. I think he dialed it up a little bit because he's Ryzen. You know, he beat uh, King Mo in Ryzen. Oh, that's the, the guy. Yeah, from yeah, Czech Republic. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's tough. He's tough. That he's can't tough. work though against the the Jan Blachowiczs and no, the Corey the Anderson. Prop that ain't gonna work. You can't right. take those shots. You can't be so open. He's gonna have to really tone it down and 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 fight more uh, a more specific style. Um, he was fighting a striker in Vulcan, and uh, that's why that happened. But he got hurt. He got hurt a couple times by Vulcan early yes. in the fight. You know, you can't do that against the best of the best. Did you miss the small cage? Uh, it felt good seeing the big cage. It felt good seeing it all in an arena. Like it, the, it looked like the UFC, you know, for as much as we love the small cage and the fights, like they still, it's great. It, it, this one looked like the UFC, the big arena, the, the big lighting grid, the big cage, like everything kind of just looked like the UFC and it felt good to see that. You're still in the small cage, right? On August yes, 15th. Yep. Yes, we are. That's good for you. <laughs> Stipe's not going to be happy. Stipe's not going to be happy. Yes. Hey, they announced your full fight card. Did you see that? It's good now. Yeah, it's what do you good think? now. What do you it's think? Card. I think it's a good card. I mean, Jarzinho and Junior, Frankie Edgar, Pedro Munoz, Sean O'Malley. Um, what about that video from Sean O'Malley? Did you see that? Him announcing his fight sitting on a oh, throne? He's sitting on a throne. It's incredible. The guy's amazing. He's the king now. He gets it. And then, of course, you got, I mean, you got Iwan on the card. You know, Iwan, still there. those guys had that crazy fight last time. It's going to be a fun weekend. I'm excited. You happy with it? You feel like they uh, they gave you enough to work with? Yeah, I'm very excited about this fight card. I think it, I'm telling you, man, what I saw a few weeks ago compared to what it ended up being, hats <laughs> off to Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard. Hats well, off to Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard. They did a great job. The Frankie Edgar situation kind of helped you out on that it one. It helped out, too, having Frankie and then Adno O'Malley and uh, – Chito Vera. It's a big fight. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. So as we round third here, um, we talk about Pedro and Frankie. Uh, obviously, that fight got moved. It was supposed to happen this Wednesday. Pedro, unfortunately, tested positive, um, but we hope that he'll be okay. Uh, a little bit of drama regarding the main event this coming Saturday, as you may know. Davison Figueredo uh, tested positive two months ago, and then he took another test. And they believed it was a false positive. So he took a third test. He passed that one. So he's actually en route right now 
to Abu Dhabi via Paris from Sao Paulo. And uh, this is interesting because, as you may remember, back in February when he fought Joseph Benavidez, he uh, he missed weight by two and a half That's pounds. That's so scary, right? It's so, so scary to think that this dude has a delay. Yeah. Got to make weight. That's, so, yo, that's a tough one. Check this out. He he lands at 11 p.m. Tuesday night in Abu Dhabi and has to make weight Friday afternoon. But the problem is he has to quarantine for 48 hours. So he's literally going to have like a few hours to go outside and do his thing. But his manager, Valid Ishmael, the legendary Valid Ishmael, uh, said that he currently weighed, as of yesterday night, 135. So 10 pounds ago. Last time they fought on the Sunday before, he weighed 145. Oh, so, so they, he's lost some weight. He's really trying to get everything under control. Yeah. That's massive. You know, it's kind of crazy to watching the way things are right now. We have so many foreign champions now, right? Like there are so many champions now that hold titles. You got uh, Wei Li, Valentina from Kyrgyzstan, Wei Li from China. You have Amanda from Brazil. Then you have, uh, if Davis and Figueiredo can get the job done, Brazil. 135 now, Russian, Piotr Jan, 145, Alexander Volkanovsky, Australian, 155, Habib, Russian, Usman's American, uh, Adesanya uh, is from uh, New Zealand, Jones is American, and Miocic is American. But, I mean, the vast majority of the UFC's champions are foreigners now. It's kind of crazy, right? It's great. I think it's yeah. a great uh, representation of the sport and how it, The sport's worldwide. So that's Saturday's story. Uh, Wednesday, the UFC is back, as you know. Uh, Calvin Cater against Danny Gay, fun fight at 145. And how about, shout out to Paul Felder. Did you hear this story? Paul yeah, Felder, who couldn't come originally because he was near someone who tested positive, now is finally in Abu Dhabi. Unfortunately, Jared Gordon's team couldn't make it because of COVID issues. So in the middle of the card, Paul Felder is going to leave the broadcast booth and corner Jared Gordon, their friends, same management team. That's an incredible thing that Paul Felder is doing in the suit. He's going to yeah, wear his suit. That's amazing, man, because I remember when Ian knows Jared Gordon, and I think he might have called him last week, and he was Ian buying Larios. Salt. Ian Larios, yeah, the, the nutritionist. Jeff, yeah. he was telling me that, and I was like, well, who's going to corner him? He was like, he actually has no corners. So I was like, so we'll go for Mike Perry having his girlfriend corner him to – him having zero corners, he's like zero corners, dude. It's crazy. So I and then Felder is stepping up. That's awesome, man. It's awesome to see that, and awesome to see that he's allowed to do it. Right? It's mm. it's, it's it's great that he's getting that uh, one fight pass in order to go and corner his friend. Shout out to Venom, the new uh, apparel. Congratulations sponsor. to Venom. You'll never wear it. You're I'll done. never wear it. But <laughs> you know, congratulations to Venom and the UFC on the new partnership. Um, it's, it's crazy. You know, I always was under the impression that Reebok was paying the UFC an absurd amount of money. So I guess Venom does really good business. Yeah, I, I think this is good for the fighters. I mean, obviously, I feel like, uh, you know, I've already said my piece on the uniform deal and that it takes away the individuality. But I think if you're worried about, like, actual performance and fit, Quality, yeah, an actual MMA company, a combat company, as opposed to one that was just getting into the combat business, I would suspect that the combat company will provide a better, you know, fit, better gear, better quality than Reebok. So we'll see how it looks. And also no word just yet on the terms. And if fighters can have more sponsors, maybe like the PFL, you get one sponsor would be nice. Would be I nice. I just hope that it stays clean, man. I hope that it stays yeah, clean, Ariel. You would. I just think that it, again, we talked about this. I think it looks better. It looks more professional. And, you know, I usually end the show with shout outs, but I actually want to end the show. I don't know. What's the opposite of a shout out? Like what's a, what's a boo? What's a, like a, a bad <laughs> shout out? How about a how dare you? 
How dare you, Malkikawa, a week after DC praises you and calls you a genius, you go out on Twitter and say that you're biased. I mean, could you imagine that? How dare you, Malkikawa? That dude is crazy. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's something I want to talk about. We haven't spoken about this all fight. What? About the fact that um, uh, Adesanya and uh, Masvidal are on the cover. But this is my first time being in the game as the commentator. Oh, you're I'm the commentating game. the game. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm commentating the entire game. I, I, uh, I'm proud to be a part of EA Sports. It was countless hours of me and John Anik pretending we were watching video <laughs> games, but I think it came out well. You're in the game. Hey, I'm not only in the game, but I'm in the game. And I had some great times uh, calling my own walkout, my own fight. It's very fun. Wait a second. If I play as Daniel Cormier, would you be commentating it as well? Yes. You're going to hear weird. me talking about myself <laughs> as I go to the octagon. That is bizarre. Uh, it's well, good. Congratulations to you, Thank Don you. Anik. Congratulations to Izzy and obviously Masvidal and everyone involved in the game. I uh, Also, my guy Action Bronson is in the trailer. Rapping. Yeah, that was awesome. The Amazing. trailer was nice. Um, anyway, back to Malky. So how dare you? Also, uh, how dare you? I, I don't like this stuff between Dan Henderson and Michael Bisping on Twitter. This <laughs> it's crazy. Spirited. It's not nice. Enough of it. Stop it, guys, with the one-eyed stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> Dan, you're better than that. Let's move on, all right? Um, I just don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. And last, but definitely not least, and this is a massive, massive shout out. DC and I just want to send our best. And I, and I know that you think very highly of this person as well. Susie uh, of the yes. UFC, who's going through some tough times right now, um, battling cancer. There's a GoFundMe page that we wanted to share with everyone. You can see it here. Uh, Susie, pound for pound, one of the nicest people at the UFC, one of the unsung heroes of the UFC, mm-hmm. works backstage with everyone, makeup artist for the Octagon Girls and the fighters, and just not does way more than that. Like if you need something, she'll run and get it for you. I'm sure you've had many dealings with her backstage as well, and we just wanted to send her our best and hope that she makes a very speedy recovery. Yeah, Susie, we're all praying for you. We're all thinking about you. We love you. We miss you so much um, on all the shows, and You've beaten this thing a number of times, and hopefully you have one more big fight inside of you. And uh, I, I am hoping and praying that Suzy Q uh, can can overcome this one last time. It's a very difficult uh, situation. It's hard to watch what this nasty disease has done to such a beautiful person on the inside and out. But we have faith in Susie. We miss Amen. you, though, Suze. Everyone has her back and is uh, is praying and pulling for Susie. So I uh, wanted to send our best to her. So that's it. Show's over. You got a big week. I, oh, yeah. I just want to say one more thing. I got a friend. Uh, last week in my training camp, I had Corey Anderson down here to train and work out, and he did such a phenomenal job. Mark Henry was here last week. Oh. And this, one of my buddies, Ender, he owns a restaurant in San Jose. He brought food for the entire gym, and he's been doing that um, every camp. So I just want to tell him thank you. Ender, you know, one of the things that he spoke about a lot, Ariel, was how big a fan he is of yours and how much he enjoyed the show. So I wanted to give him a shout out and a thank you on the show that you enjoy listening to so much. So wow. Thank you, Ender. For the man. Next time I'm in Gilroy, hopefully DC sends me to your restaurant, not that other place he sent me it's to. Better. It's better. Yeah. It's you'd you'd like his food much better. I I I I think I would. Well, it's not a very high bar if we're being honest, but Ender sounds like a great man. So uh, we appreciate your support, Ender. You're the man. Big week ahead of you, DC. What do we got? Yeah, you know, just training. I ain't got okay. much to do. You know, just just train, get myself prepared to go get this belt back. Uh, just hang out and and uh, hopefully continue down the path of what my training camp has been. It's been August amazing. 15th. We're approaching August a month away. Very close. Very fast. 
unbelievable this whole journey getting to uh to see the transformation of your your mood and everything has just been amazing i mean it's just been <laughs> it's been amazing uh shout out to poke og as well wearing yeah. that sweatshirt yeah cool, man. Guy Andy. eat your food yeah. down in miami we could just do 30 minutes of shout outs all day yeah but, uh, right <laughs> corporate jake is getting very uh, something changed with corporate jake by the way he's like you know in the early portion of the pandemic he was all loosey-goosey now he's back to his old corporate ways like he wanted yeah, me to end the show 10 minutes ago we're at 1007 you know we yeah. got house sorry i didn't know we were all tight on time here okay i'm sorry uh dc you're the man thank you very much great show as always great to pick your brain you're still wrong about gilbert burns and leon edwards but i love you anyway thanks for watching everyone thanks for the support and thank you to modella as well peace